MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We're presented by BetMGM. Starting to get a little busy behind my shoulders there uh, here at the South Point as we get closer and closer to Rams Bengals Super Bowl 56. He's Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here at the aforementioned South Point Hotel, Casino, and Spot. Now, I just saw this. Yeah. I, this is fascinating. They're keeping Harson at Auburn. Have you, like, the. The, the, I've been I guess following it. Yeah, the, the, it, it is more dramatic than anything you're going to see on TV. So Auburn's going to retain Harson after an inquiry that had a lot of layers, Michael Lombardi, and you know, assistants bailing, uh, players bailing, and other drama. But it looks like they're going to stick with him after a long inquiry. Well, I mean, the inquiry led him into believing that it was going to cost him, what, $16 million to get him out of his contract? And obviously, with all the rumors around and the speculation, you know, there certainly is a clause in there based on rumors. Uh, if they could prove them, they could have gotten away without having to pay that. But obviously, there was not enough evidence to do that. So he remains their coach. For how long? I don't know. It is... Um... There's, yes, this following along with this drama. He was on vacation the whole time they were doing the inquiry, came back from vacation, and you know how fervent they are down in Alabama as far as Auburn and the fandom. So that's a fascinating story, Michael. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and, and the, again, I think to me this is just being completely blind to who you are as a university and what fits your university in terms of who needs to come in there. And, and there are certain jobs that require certain kind of people to fill those jobs. And I think Brian Harson coming from Boise State wasn't really the perfect fit here for the Auburn team. And, and I think, you know, you may want to improve your passing game and you may want to throw the ball because Gussie's offense was so bad. But the reality of it is, is it becomes really problematic when this guy doesn't understand the history of the school, doesn't understand the recruiting, the high school. It's a challenge. And, and one of these jobs in the Southeast Conference, there's a lot of legacy that goes to them. And you better understand it and you better appreciate it. Yeah, no, I think that's well put. And we did, we were dubious when they made the hire with Harson, Boise State. Although, I guess, you know, it worked out 
with Peterson going to Washington, but different, you know, Peterson had been, anyway, it, the Harson drama is very layered. Now, yeah. we are lucky to be joined by Matthew Berry, ESPN senior fantasy football analyst. As we say hi to Matthew, I guess we should start with who does David have? David, your son in the Super Bowl, because <laughs> I was reading the article you wrote for ESPN.com. It was hilarious where David hit a four-teamer. Who does David like in the Super Bowl, Matthew, as we say hi? Hi, how are you? Good. Uh, I, he hasn't decided yet. You know, he likes to, he, he does all the research and he sort of waits until the sort of last minute. So he hasn't really dialed in yet. He, he does, he's similar to me in that we do a lot more prop bets than actually, yeah. you know, take line. I know, I know he likes the Rams to win. I know him and I are both kind of like, I don't know if they cover. So gotcha. sort of waiting. And, and I want to see, uh, I don't love the line at the moment, so I want to see sort of where it swings. But I may not actually just bet the game one. But we both like where the did you see, Where did you, to Matthew, where, where, what line, I mean, what did you handicap the line as? What was your line that you feel like you liked the most? I thought, I thought Rams minus three. Yeah. You know, um, you did, huh? It's probably what, what yeah, I thought, I thought that was, um, I thought that was a, uh, I thought the, like the initial line, right. was, was, uh, was, I think either my three or three and a half. And I, th- I thought that was, uh, I thought that was right. But, you know, I mean, I just, it with two good field goal kickers, when it moved to four and a half, I was just like, you know, so I, I, uh, I felt better about that. Well, you got a great article over at ESPN.com on some of the Super Bowl props you're going to be betting, and Matthew Berry joining us here on the Lombardi line. So let's get into some of these. I like the first one. Let's start with Stafford. You're going to go over one and a half passing touchdowns with Matthew Stafford. Multiple touchdown passes in 80% of his game so far this year. Multiple touchdown passes in five straight, nine of the last ten. Uh, my expectation here is that they just don't have enough in the secondary to uh, to keep up with uh, with all the receivers in uh, for the Rams, uh, Cincinnati does not. They play a ton of zone, so they don't actually get after the quarterback. They uh, it's an average of like three seconds before they get to the quarterback, second worst in the NFL. And so as a result, I just think he's just going to have time to pick people apart. I, I just don't think he can get three seconds and you know between you know between Beckham and Cup and Jefferson and uh, you know the running backs. I like I like the over quite a bit, and I mean honestly, like I feel like that's I, I've seen the line move to two and a half at a lot of places as well. Like I don't, that one feels a little too easy. And Matthew, you you mentioned the Rams, uh, the the Bengals play a lot of zone, which they do obviously, and they like to play cover two, and they like to kind of lighten the box up a little bit. And without Ogojobi inside, they certainly have not been a very good run defense in this playoff. The Raiders could have run the ball more effectively. Tennessee did, and then Kansas City, which often gets bored of running, they stopped running. But do you like any running props for the Rams? Oh, well, I like the under on Cam Akers rushing and receiving yards. So um, I like my first off, we don't know if Daryl Henderson's going to play. I think there's a chance that he does, uh, whether it's the whether it's the fact that Akers isn't 100 percent healthy, whether it's the fact that he had the bad fumbles, multiple ones against Tampa Bay. But they did not use uh, they didn't use him um, nearly as much as you would have thought. Um, he's he's hit this number only once. That was the game against Arizona. He had that fluky. 40-yard reception where it was a pass from Odell Beckham Jr. Bengals, um, he, he played 39% of the snaps against the Niners, I believe. So my expectation here is, is I just don't, I don't think he hits this number. Like I said, 
sort of I'm taking the over on the on the Stafford passing props. Uh, I just don't think that they're going to run the ball that effectively with Cam Akers against the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah. So I, I like the under on the on the combo rushing receiving yards. Yeah, rush receiving combo 83 and a half. Matthew Berry going to go under Cam Akers. You're also going to go under for the rush prop on Joe Mixon. You've got the number set at 64 and a half. Under 60 rushing yards and six the past eight. He's averaging just 3.46 yards per carry during that stretch. Rams allowed just 42 rushing yards per game so far in this past season. It's one of the best run defenses. We expect the Bengals to be trailing. We expect it to be a close game, but we expect them to be trailing. And, again, sort of think about how this game plays out, right? The, the expectation here is that one of the weakest, if not the weakest part of the Bengals, is their offensive line. Uh, one, of the, uh, one of the strengths, obviously, of the Rams is their defensive line. One of the ways you combat that is you try to sort of dump off the ball quickly as, as pressure is coming in. I think they tried to they try, Cincinnati tried to counteract their their poor uh, offensive line against Kansas City by running early and often, but they didn't get anywhere with Mixon, right? I mean, they just didn't get anywhere, and then they got in a hole, and then Burrow had all these like third and eights and third and tens, these these third and long situations, and obviously they ended up having to come back. It worked out for them, but I just don't see them against a stronger defensive line in Los Angeles them trying to do that as much. You know, he just he hasn't hit this number. Uh, like I said, in six to last eight. So uh, I'm taking the under on Mixon rushing, but I am taking the over on his receiving props. Right, which I agree with. They're going to be in five out, and they're going to try to neutralize the passing game and try to do what they did against the Raiders, which is alleviate holding the football for Joe Burrow, because if he holds it, he's going to get killed. The other one I, th- I like that you have mentioned here is T. Higgins. More receiving yards than Jamar Chase. To me, I think the ball's got to go to Higgins. I like the matchup of Higgins when the Rams, if the Rams decide to play Chase, one on, decide to play uh, Ramsey one-on-one with Chase, that would leave Higgins on these other two corners who are really smaller i do like that talk about that one yeah nine nine targets six receptions each of the last two playoff games he's had six or more receptions in eight of the ten games where he's got seven targets a season including the playoffs okay now there have been 17 games this year including the playoffs where jamar chase and t higgins have played the same game in those 17 games he's averaging 7.7 targets per game so again in games in which he gets seven targets, he's had six or more receptions in eight of ten games. We just talked about the fact we don't think they're going to be able to run very effectively. How they move the ball here is throwing, throwing. And so Higgins, I think, physically is a tougher matchup for the Rams. My expectation here is, again, the Rams also play a lot of zone. They don't, we don't expect them to use Jalen Ramsey to shadow. But I do think you'll see Ramsey on Jamar Chase more than T. Higgins. And so, yeah, give me the over on five and uh, five and a half receptions. Matthew, here's the last one. I love this one you have. And again, Matthew Berry joining us here on the Lombardi line. First player to score. You've got McPherson at four to one. I like this one. Yeah, look, they'll let McPherson kick from anywhere. Right? I mean, that's <laughs> the, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's what's great. Right. You know, money Mac and the whole thing. Uh, no kicker had more 50 yard field goals this year than Evan McPherson. And so. Field goal, you know, I, I like, by the way, I like I like the under on the first quarter points. I like the under on the first half total points. Uh, Super Bowls traditionally have started slow. Both these teams traditionally start slow. They have throughout the playoffs. Uh, and so, yeah, first player to score, especially at, at, at that kind of juice. I love the idea of Evan McPherson kicking a field goal. I think both coaches are going to want to be conservative early in what should be a close game. So they get in. They're anywhere within field goal range. My expectation is Zach Taylor says, send him out there. Let's just get some points on the board. 
Awesome. You got a ton of props. This is a great write-up here. ESPN.com, senior football, fantasy football analyst, Matthew Berry. Matthew, good luck to you. Who did this... you guys like? I'm just Thank curious. You, who, did, who do you guys? I'm just curious, guys, before I leave, who do you guys have in the, in the, uh, in the game? Michael, who you got? I love the I love the I love the Rams. I think this is the Rams will. I think the Rams are going to run the ball right down their throat like every other team has. I think they'll make play action passes, and this Ram defense to me is really good. And I think they'll play from in front, which is critical. The Rams have outscored opponents 47 to to 10 in the first half. I think they'll play from in front and make that Bengal line have to play catch up. Matthew Barry, tremendous, and good luck to David as well this Sunday as well. Thank you, Matthew. Yeah, good Appreciate luck, David. You. I gotta tell, I gotta tell Dominic he's got competition. I yes. gotta tell him this. <laughs> David Barry's on his case. ESPN senior fantasy football analyst. He's Matthew Barry, and we're coming back here on the Lombardi you, line Matthew. presented by BetMGM. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, so we discussed this before, but this Super Bowl Sunday, this to me in the six years of VSIN may be the coolest thing that's happened. It's Brent Musburger one on one with Billy Walters. The full interview is going to air this Sunday, right after the Lombardi Line at 12 p.m. Eastern. It's a full hour long. My goodness, that's so cool, honestly. Walters, who is the Michael Jordan of sports betting, hasn't done an interview in 11 years. And last that last one was his only one, and it was with 60 minutes. So, again, here's a couple of things. One, we're going to start our 56 hours of coverage today at 4 with primetime action with Gil. And that is going to run through Billy Walters, through the Super Bowl, and then follow the money is going to be on with a special broadcast after the Super Bowl. So our big-time coverage, Michael Lombardi, starts today at 4, and we don't stop until hours after the Super Bowl. And included in that is the sit-down with Brent Musburger, a legend, and Billy Walters, a legend. It does not get better than that. 
No, it sure doesn't. It's really something to look forward to. And look, uh, you know, I don't know what the, the, the totals are going to be on the betting, but everybody has an opinion, and I, and I think it's great. Matthew Barry sees the game differently than I see it, you see it. I think this is what makes it so good. We can all kick it around and talk about it and and uh, find out who's right Sunday at uh, at starting at 6.30 and see where we get to. Yeah, I think the handle – look, it, it's, so much is brought up about the matchup not necessarily being – a national matchup, it doesn't matter. I mean, people are going to get involved. Uh, it's it's going to be nuts. The handles uh, are going to be record-breaking. I think what Dan Fouts said is so true, that this passing game has made pro football more engaging. And it's brought a whole different section. And then you combine fantasy football, what Matthew Berry does, along with gambling and the props. And you've created this perfect storm. And it's just, it doesn't matter who's playing. It really doesn't. I mean, we keep treating it as if we need the Cowboys in it. Now, with the Cowboys being it, yeah, they've got more fans than the Bengals. But we don't need that. We just need two teams out there. And we need, you know, two good teams. And this is whoever can endure the marathon to get here are good teams. So, for me, I think that that's really important. You say it's a passing league. Since he averaged 102 on the ground, that's 23rd in the NFL. And then the Rams averaged about 99 on the ground. That's 25th in the NFL. Conversely, since he averaged 259 through the air, that's 7th in the NFL. And the Rams, 273 through the air, that's 5th in the NFL. So very much a yeah. passing lead, yeah. Michael. Right, but I think you need to slice that, right? So I think really what you want to do is come out and throw the football to get the lead. And then in the second half, you want to run the ball to control the lead. And so I think you want to see that shift. But to score points, significantly score points, you've got to make explosive plays. And it's hard to make explosive plays in the running game. Now, Tennessee was able to do it at times, but and they were able to convert short third downs. But for the most part, you need to make those explosive plays. And that's what these two teams will try to defend against. Certainly the Rams are going to go into the game saying, we're not letting Chase beat us over the top. Okay, good. And then the, the, the Bengals are going to say, look, we're not going to let the ball get thrown over our head. We're going to encourage them to run the football, see if they're going to be patient enough, you know, put, you know, get to third down and try to get that third down number, which right now sits at 50% for the Rams uh, in terms of success ratio. Try to get that down to 38-39. That gives us a better chance to win. You know, this is going to be a high-volume third down game is what the Bengals want, but they've got to be able to get off the field at 38%. If they get off the field at 50 or 55%, they're going to lose the game. Question for you, Higby, is there a chance? Tyler Higby tight end there with the Rams. The reason I bring it up is, one, Stafford throughout his career, red zone wise, has been known to go to the tight end. His numbers to the tight end are big time this year. And then secondly, this is a big blow for the Rams because that Cincinnati defense allowed the fourth most catches to tight ends this year. Now, Blanton, who did have a touchdown against the Bucks, will step in, yeah. but Higby's a big time player. He is, and, and, and that tight end in this offense is a big-time player. We go back to Everett, who is up in Seattle now. He made a lot of plays for them at times. And, you know, Higby has really emerged as their guy. You know, this is something that I think, you know, the one thing I admire about Stafford, he threw the ball to Blanton. I mean, typically a guy's not used to throwing it, but he's kind of like their safety outlet, the guy that they can get the ball to. And, you know, I mean, obviously Cup's so good. Jefferson's really good. And then, of course, Beckham gives them so – 
I think I think Blanton just has to be do within the system and take the easy throws from Stafford. I don't think he's going to be a big part in the game. Higby, I can't imagine him being 100 percent and really able to make the kind of contribution that that he would. Uh, I mean, because I think he's hurt. You know, same thing with Gronk. I mean, Gronk dressed for the playoff game against the Colts uh, in Indianapolis against the Giants, but he wasn't the same player. Yeah, Matt Stafford will go to Stafford. He, you know. Blanton had five catches in 57 yards and a touchdown against the Bucs. So it's not like he won't go to Blanton if it's not Higby. Higby's just been wonderful. Kind of an underrated career, actually. Blanton, he really is. Blanton, 240, plus 240, Michael, on an anytime touchdown. So you can get a number on Blanton as well. You know, I like I like the I like the Matthew Stafford scoring a touchdown, running it in because I think when they get down there, they'll play some man, and he's going to have to take off. And he has done that; he will take off and run with the football. So, you know, I think ultimately uh, that's something to consider there as well. You know, it's interesting. I know you like Higby as well. One of the things when you get a tight end that can also stretch the field, you know, and you do something with it when he gets the ball, that's Higby, you know, and so that would be a big miss. Now, Uzama, CJ Uzama, the tight end there with the Bengals, it looks like he's more optimistic, had missed practice, but expected to play. Yeah, I mean, he says he's going to play. Now we'll see how effective he is when he plays. I mean, all these guys want to play. Nobody doesn't want to not play in the Super Bowl. You know, they all want to play. But, you know, they still have Drew Sample there, mm-hmm. Sample there. And, he, and he's been a good player. He's a second-round pick at 19 for them. And, look, they've got plenty of weapons. They've got plenty of weapons to handle this. Uh, you know, they carry six receivers on their roster. They carry three tight ends. I mean, if, if – if, uh, if he can't go, if Uzma can't go, then I think obviously Simple and Wilcox, and they'll just dress another receiver, particularly Mike Thomas, who's very good in the kicking game, and he dresses anyway. They use Stanley Morgan Jr., the son of the great Stanley Morgan, who should be in the Hall of Fame, by the way. Uh, they use him as more of a blocker. You know, they use his skill as a big man who can block. So, Akers, the big question for betters is how McVay is going to split Akers and Michelle. Because everybody yeah. was on the Michelle overprop in the in the wild card game against Arizona, and remember, Akers got the ball. But Akers, who returned to full practice yesterday, Michael, after missing Wednesday, uh, he remember he left that NFC Championship game with a shoulder injury. And he played only what 30 of 77 snaps, while Michelle played 44. So that's the big question as far as how the Rams will dole out those carries and the actual plays. Well, they also have to activate, you know, they've got to bring off the IR list, Henderson. And they say they're going to do that. They say he's ready. Now, we don't know if he truly is because you've got to watch him practice before you bring him up. Right. You know, you're not going to bring him up and then create, cut a guy to bring him down. So, you know, my sense of this is, is in these kind of games, I know Akers is a really good player, but do you trust him to hold on to the football? Two fumbles in the in the Bucks game worries me, especially the one at the end of the half that kind of kept the Bucks in the game. So I, I would worry about that. Look, but Michelle's not spectacular. He's effective, and he holds on to the ball. And against this team, I think that's what you need more than anything. You're going to have great opportunity to run the ball. This Bengal run defense is not good, and the way they're going to set up their defense is not to take away the run. They're going to try to make sure they can take away the passing game. They're, this is going to be the easiest game for the Rams to run the ball than they've had in the playoffs, partly because, you know, when they played – 
Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's run defense is outstanding. You know, then they go play San Francisco. Their defensive front dominates up front, and they're outstanding. This will be the most advantage they have in a run game, and I think they'll, I think knowing the way they are, they're going to take advantage of it. You know, for prop bettors and bettors in general, you have to think about the tendencies of a head coach. And while I just gave you those overwhelming passing stats for both the Bengals and the Rams, these two these two head coaches have shown a propensity to try to get the run going. Like they've they've shown yeah. a commitment to the run even when it hasn't been working, which is which is interesting coming into this matchup. You know, and, and what what and spe- especially in the Kansas City game where Zach Taylor was obsessed with running it on first down. Just obsessed with running it on first down, and to the you know mo- most people were complaining about it. You know, it's like get him into something, but he was trying to protect his offensive line. I mean, I think Zach Taylor knows that if I get into a 45 pass game here, this is not going to be good for me. I'm going to turn the ball over and I'm going to lose this game. I've got to find a way to have some balance in the game. I got to have some balance. Do you have? Can you think top of mind a favorite? Danny Trejo show or movie that you've watched? You know Danny Trejo, the uh, Con Air, Desperado from Dust Till Dawn, those type of movies. Can you think of anything you off know, the top of mind? I, I, not off the top, but I'll do a little research. I'll, I'll be prepared. The reason I bring it up is he's going to join us next. He's 77 years old. He looks great. But he is as, as ride or die. I remember when I was living in L.A., he was as ride or die an uh, L.A. Rams fan as you're going to find and so we've got the Super Bowl. Obviously, you know it's the irony of the Super Bowl being home for two straight years after. Oh, it I know never this happened. guy. I know this. I know this guy's face. You see, I don't know his name. <laughs> I know this guy's face absolutely. Yeah, you know, you know Danny Trejo. You know faces. You don't. Yeah, I know. I got him. Yeah, I got it. Anyway, he's born and raised you know. in Los Angeles. His his Echo life story. Park. I mean. Yeah, I mean, the guy's from Echo Park. I mean, you got to, you know, that's where it all happened in Echo Park. Echo Park. You know who else is from Echo Park? Andy Reid. No. That's right. I knew that. I knew that until you, I, I knew that. I didn't know that. It's, yes. it's you know like if sub- you know, but you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like in your subconscious. Andy Reid, if you just thought about where he was from, you'd say Pennsylvania. <laughs> but yeah. no, he's actually from Los Angeles, California. Danny Trejo is as well. He's a huge Rams fan, and he joins us next here on the Lombardi Line, presented by BetMGM. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, so join Stormy tonight, Friday the 11th, 6 p.m. It's free. It's big game betting and beers. The events here at the South Point Hotel Casino and Spa. Stormy's going to be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, Vinny Maliulo. Fun, informative look at betting this year's big game. The event's free for anybody over 21 here at the South Point. Stop by 6 p.m. local time. You get f- beer, we got copies of Chris Andrews' books. It's all there. Okay. Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We're going to be joined now by Danny Trejo, who is ride or die Los Angeles. This dude, is he's L.A. through and through. However, as we say hi to Danny, I must tell you, I had a sister that lived on Pico. You know what's by Pico? La Brea and Olympic. And I used to I used to go visit my sister so I could go get tacos at Trejo's Tacos, which Michael, I tell you, it's the best tacos in L.A. So if you're headed to L.A. for the Super Bowl, Trejo Tacos there, La Brea and Olympic. How about that, Mr. Danny? Awesome. Oh, look, I, I love it. I love it. And as I mentioned in the intro, 
born and raised in Los Angeles. Like when I lived in LA, you were known for being the Rams fan in town. How fired up for our, for you, the Super Bowl? You know what? I mean, it's a blessing because first of all, uh, the Rams are really bringing this city together. I mean, we're coming out of this pandemic and uh, people don't care what color you're wearing. It's uh, they're all at that at SoFi. And it's like so beautiful to see people from different areas of Los Angeles, just like all yelling, go Rams. So, and uh, the weather out here is just unbelievable. I hate God. I, I know how you guys, anything, you know, anything east of Las Vegas is in snow right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that Thank, might be, thanks, Danny. That might kill the Bengals. Thanks for reminding us. Thanks for reminding us, Danny. We really appreciate you. Danny, tell me about, like, you know, Echo Park, you hear music. Growing up in Echo Park, what was it like for you? I mean, was it was it the music scene when you were growing up? And how did it end up becoming that? It's so popular that we, we resonate about it, you know, when all the these great artists actually live there. You know, Echo Park was like, I, I would live there until I was 13. Then I got in trouble and got sent to Texas and uh, I love Texas, but nobody wants to be where you have to shoot mosquitoes with a 22. And, uh, <laughs> you know, no, Texas is great, but, but uh, uh, I, I was there when they were building Dodger stadium. So we used to cut school and go watch them build a Dodger stadium. But I've been a Rams fan since uh, 1957, 56, you know, and uh, we used to sneak into the Coliseum and, and, uh, but growing up was just so much fun. And then uh, when I came back, we moved to the San Fernando Valley, and uh, I've lived in Pacoima all of my life since uh, since the I lived a, little, a while in Venice, and then uh, uh, you know right now I'm living in Mission Hills, where back like God, I was three miles from where I grew up. So Danny Trejo joining us here on the Lombardi. So you're a Roman Gabriel, a Jack Youngblood, you're Chuck yeah. Knox. That's now let's talk about what happened though after that. That's right. What's that Rockland, the flying Dutchman? I had a number eleven shirt. Now tell me about it when all of a sudden that era you get Dickerson and then all of a sudden your team's gone for twenty years and ninety five they go to St. Louis. That's why this is so sweet now, huh? Yeah, I think that year, I would think I was heartbroken. You know, that's probably the reason I went bad. But uh, but uh, I, I, then I kind of lost. I didn't lose interest in football. I just worried about the point spread. You know, I just didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> You've come to the right place, Danny. You, we you are, are too. Welcome. Hey, welcome, crazy. Danny. You're right here. 30, yeah, 30, I mean, I love 37, it. 37-17. I'm telling you, the Rams, I got three. Oh, no, I can't say that. I, uh, I got a little money on that. <laughs> yeah, you could say it. <laughs> we, 30, we don't judge here. 37-17. So, Michael, he likes the Rams to cover. He likes the over as well here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. clearly. I, I, I'm with you, Danny. I'm with you right there. Not because you're on the show, I but think, I think this is the Rams moment. I, I do. Oh, I think Stafford is just going to have the game of his life. It's going to take two buses to, to slow Donald down. If they put three buses on him, it's, you know, <laughs> then the, the rest of the team. I think uh, – uh, uh, Burroughs is going to get sacked more times than he's because they're so fired up and and you know you can't you can't contain Donald. I don't care what you do, you know, hang grenade maybe, but that's about it. <laughs> well, you know, oftentimes those on the East Coast will say Los Angeles doesn't have good sports fans. What would Danny Trejo to say say to those on the East Coast that you don't have good hey. sports fans there in L.A.? 
you know what? Look at look. Wait, hold on. I don't know if you can see this on camera. <laughs> wait, are those your dogs? Those are all my dogs and rams here. <laughs> <laughs> so even the dogs are down with the Rams. Hey, I'm going to the stadium, but they're having a party at my house. So the dogs will all be what they love. You know, it's like they love it when everybody starts cheering. They start barking, you know. So. <laughs> are you going to the game? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I'm taking my son, Danny Boy, my oldest son. My other two kids said, no, take Danny. Take Danny. So That's awesome. It. That's all. Hey, by the way, the party well, at your house, it? I know who could cater it, yeah. your company. Yeah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Hey, Danny, what, what, is your first, what was your first memory of going to a Ram game at the Coliseum? Well, you know what? I snuck in, and so that was the most fun. I, was, I think I was 10. 11, I don't remember, but we just had a blast running around all over. And, you know, it's like it was just all you had to do was wait in the bathroom Till a family walked by and you would just jump in, you know, kind of like go in with the family. And every, oh, look at that nice white family adopted that little Mexican. <laughs> <laughs> you hold somebody's hand you didn't know. You <laughs> but uh, you know, we just had so much, so much absolute fun. And God, I remember you know, that Flying Dutchman and and uh, just just some great, great players. What will it yeah, mean you to know you? What, I, well, I'm sorry, Michael. What will it mean to you if no, not not just that the money too? He's got the money on it. But what will it mean to you come Sunday night if the Rams do win a championship here? Oh no, it's everything. That it's not. I don't even have to worry. We're already celebrating. We know, you know, we know it's a given. Because <laughs> you know what? It's like first of all, well, uh, 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 God, where's that other team from? The, uh, uh, I know they got snow back there, don't they? <laughs> Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, they do. We yes, do. We have, we have plenty of it, Danny. Thank you for reminding us almost, again. Yes, we have plenty of it. It's going to be almost 90 degrees here. And and down at the bottom of the sofa, it's probably going to be about 105. Now, the Rams, they already got, like, you know, suntan oil. They're ready. It's like, that's, our, <laughs> that's, what, that's how we live. And you come into that, hey, you come into that, you start – they're sweating on the bus, you know what I mean? And so I, I think unless they really acclimated, they're in trouble. It's almost like like going to, to you know, Mount Everest the first time. You know, you, you, you can't deal with it. They're not going to be able to deal with that heat. <laughs> it's the same as climbing Mount Everest, Michael. I like yeah. the comparison. Well, I got to, listen, I got to go back. I'm doing a film in New York. I leave on the 14th. And they're telling me it's it's uh, three below in Syracuse or something, and and the the witch the witch and the witch what do you call it windchill windchill we don't even got that here. <laughs> yeah. Danny, I mean, you are you're you're, you're you've you've been in a, a so many take take us through that. How many scripts do you read? How do you find you get so many so much work? I mean, how do you end up doing it? Are, do you have do you have a cell phone? Or are you not like the I Bill have, Murray? They just contact you uh, through uh, an answering team. service, are you? I, I have a team. You're Gloria Nahosa. I have a team, and she like uh, you know reads. They read everything. You know, they read everything. So they'll pick out three and say, hey, check these out. And, you know, me being an artist, the first thing I ask is who's paying the most? And uh, and then, you know, go from there. 
<laughs> hey, you got to cover that the betting expenses. So wait, let's yeah, before yeah, exactly. we say goodbye, thirty-seven <laughs> seventeen, and you'll be a wealthy man 17. if that cashes. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it's gonna be a lot Thank of fun. You, I know Eminem's coming. Eminem's coming, and he's bringing spaghetti. And spaghetti's a kind of warm climate. I mean, a cold climate food. It's okay. I love spaghetti. You know, we got tacos here, and uh, uh, I know he's a good rapper and stuff. I'm just getting ready to – I got a record label called Trails Trails Music, and i just getting ready to drop a record. It's called uh, – I even forgot the name. <laughs> More did it, and it's called Outlaw. I'm covering their song, so it's going to be fun. I got three artists, Jasmine and Tara and Twixie. And uh, we're dropping an album, so well, we'll be on the lookout for it. I'll, I'll, we'll be downloading that, man. Hey, Danny nah, Trejo, the, the legend, Danny Trejo, thirty-seven seventeen Rams. Thank gotcha. you, you, thank you, Danny. Thank appreciate you, Danny, this, so man. Much. Listen, appreciate on you. the fourteenth, on the twelfth, we're having a party at Trejo's Tacos. I mean, Trejo's Donuts. Okay, Tre- the big party on the fourteenth, Trejo's Donuts. Oh, wait, no, wait. On the twelfth. On the twelfth, Trejo's Donuts, big party on the twelfth. We'll be there. Thank you, Danny Trejo. Thank you, Danny. (laughs) There there he goes, Danny Trejo. What a day here on the Lombardi line. We got Amal Amal Shaw's fired up. He said, how do you not have heat on the board describing his movies? He's been in so many movies. Danny Trejo, we continue Lombardi line. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Go for a huge score during the big game with BetMGM. Simply place a $10 wager on either the Bengals or the Rams, and if either team scores a touchdown and you're a new better over at BetMGM, you're going to win $200 paid for in free bets. You're also going to earn BetMGM reward points that can re- you can redeem for nights and dining at 
MGM Resorts nationwide. Only at BetMGM. Eligibility restrictions do apply. you got to be 21 years or older. All promotions are subject to qualification. I'm still, sorry, I'm still laughing about Danny Trejo. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets on site. And if you do have a gambler, it's BetMGM. It's 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. Again, that bonus code is SB200. So we just had Danny Trejo on the show. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I, he's got a new record label. He's an entrepreneur. He's got donuts. He's got wow, tacos. Busy. He's a busy. You see all that. You go to his. You go to his. Is IMBD page. IMDB page. I mean, it's like it, the list goes on and on. This man works now. He's a grinder. There's no grass growing under his feet. Like, you know, and, and and I can't name him, but I know the face and I know what he's been in. You know, it's so it's amazing. So credit to him. I mean, he's taking advantage of it. You know, I think today I, I like to hit this a little bit. I think the league is. I was talking to my wife this morning about it. I'm writing this chapter about uh, the, the, the NFL drafts. And one of the greatest players never drafted is a Los Angeles resident. His name's Kenny Washington. He was the star. Played in the backfield with Jackie Robinson at UCLA. Was the best player on the UCLA football team that played in the Coliseum. He also was an incredible baseball player. But because the NFL had, had segregation rules from 1933 to 1946, he graduated in 1936. He wasn't able to play. He wasn't able to play in the NFL. There was a, the period from 33 to 46, there was no NFL black players drafted. And it wasn't until Haley Harding, a columnist in Los Angeles, was able to convince Dan Reeves that the only way he was going to be able to use the Coliseum when the Rams moved from Cleveland to Los Angeles was to was to put was to integrate football. Wow. Was to put more and so to me those two people should be really the honoring they should be mentioned uh Haley Harding is an incredible incredible story in himself. He's part of the Wilkie debate team down in Marshall, Texas and he was able to go in front of the LA commission and tell that story and basically he was the reason why we have football in Los Angeles along with the great Kenny with, with the Kenny Washington is one of the untold stories of the game he ultimately broke the color barrier in, in football which is what they give him credit for even though there were 13 other players that played before him but he was a unique athlete he actually batted 450 on the UCLA baseball team and wow. Jackie Robinson only batted 350 that's an incredible it's a story, story that no one knows it's an, no, no one really knows it, but to me, when I listen to, to uh, Danny talk about his love of Los Angeles, it's a story that should resonate with more power, especially with the game being held there. And we should tribute that game being held there to those two gentlemen. And that's going to be in the book, some aspect of that? That is going to be in the book, yeah. It's going to awesome. be the whole story about it's going to be in the book. And remember, the Rams started in Cleveland. The Rams are right, an 86 year old franchise. They moved. Yeah, they moved in yeah, 46. They moved Dan Reeves moved the team. But, but it took them a long – and they were the first professional sports team to play on the West Coast. And, and so when he moved the team, it took him a long time to get the ownership – of the of the NFL to let them go out there because why expenses travel all that nobody wanted to go out there it, you know there wasn't the league we know today and it, he finally got the votes to move and so he moves out there and he thinks he's going to get this thing rubber stamped in the Los Angeles Coliseum you know where UCLA broke the color barrier in football they had African Americans on their team I mean think about this Dan, Jackie Robinson and Kenny and Kenny Washington were in the same backfield they played on the same baseball team together. 
And really, Branch Rickey credits watching them play at UCLA is one of the reasons why he felt baseball should break their color barrier. And think we were just – these conversations were being had some 65, 70 years ago. How is that possible? And it's just fascinating. It's, not, it's, not, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. It, it really it is. is. I don't know what to take away time from, jo- from, uh, from Josh Applebaum, no, but I think that story Josh resonates here. Don't worry. with got Danny. Plenty of time. Uh, that story resonates with Danny because I think you, you, it, it really is important to understand the history of the game that was first started in Los Angeles. The f- first professional sports team to be on the That's West right. Coast was the Los before Angeles. Before the Dodgers, Rams. you're 100 percent right. Right before the Dodgers, and and ultimately that stadium. And and what what Harding argued was simply that you know we have to break this secret code that the NFL had amongst their other ownership that they weren't drafting. African-Americans in the draft. I mean, the first draft was 36. The first draft was 33, and that was only 91 players. And then by 39, the draft was 20 rounds, and they wouldn't draft any African-Americans. Yeah, and and remember, when they moved moved out of Cleveland to Los Angeles, that made room for Paul Brown and the Cleveland Browns. They moved the Browns in there, and then it also made room for the, the Giants. It also made expansion, and all of a sudden we became this we, we became this one, this, this two-coast league, if you will, yeah. in all sports, in all sports. You know, the Minneapolis Lakers, the reason they're called the Lakers isn't because there's any lakes in Los right, Angeles. Right. Yes. The reason they're called the Lakers is because Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes. That's why so they're called the Lakers. They were the Minneapolis Lakers, and they moved there. My man, by the way, my man is 77. If we have energy like that at 77, God blessed us, right? I hope so. I really do. I hope so because I think, it, you know, I think you will, as, as the Douglas MacArthur said, I think you, age is just a number. You know, when you keep your enthusiasm, he, he is truly, Danny is truly living proof of MacArthur's creed of youth, which it simply says, you know, that when you give up, what years are a number. And when you give up your enthusiasm, that starts to wind you down. So he I, has great enthusiasm. I, I, I kid you not when I say this. So La Brea and Olympic, Trejo's Tacos, and I went there all the time. When I went there one time, Danny Trejo, Heat, Machete, he's been in a million shows. He was standing out front welcoming customers as they came I in. I see it. And he was just, hey, man, how you doing today? What do you want? He was like the exact same way, the genuine article that you just saw right there. And he's had an interesting life. And, a fat, and it sounds like he had a big price. It sounds like he had a pretty big bet on this game, by the way. His, his prediction, 37-17. He's got the Rams covering and going over the post of total. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with him, but he's betting with his heart. So just we all know, anybody listening to this, he's betting with his heart. So, like, I, I'm with him, but I just want you to know, it's like, don't, you know, sometimes it's hard to go with a guy whose heart's completely in it. And, you know, but I, I think it's, it's a great, great, uh, the enthusiasm and the energy that he has is really remarkable. Yeah. And, and I think that's, you know, look, it, it, it's a... It's going to be a fun Super Bowl to be out there in this incredible stadium. I know that, uh, you know, Mick, my oldest son, played out there last year. Two games back-to-back out there. They stayed out at UCLA, and he just couldn't believe it, how, how great it was. Then they went back again this year to play the Chargers. And so it's, it's an incredible venue, and it's good to have football in Los Angeles. And I don't, I don't care who the two teams are. We're going to have a blast watching it. By the way, the line of the day, we don't have wind chill. In Los Angeles, yeah. that's actually low-key really funny. To us of that. <laughs> hey, um, are you most excited for? And I'll give you four options. Are you most excited for Dr. Dre, 
Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, or Mary J. Blige coming up at halftime? Mary, I would say either Mary J. Blige or Dr. Dre. I would say either one of those two. Okay. You can yeah. get the odds. First song played California love is the favorite at two and a half to one. The next episode, three to one and on and on. It's actually a pretty, I think it's a pretty good cast for the halftime show. Yeah. They just get, you know, they make it so damn, you know, they got to get in and out by the time they set up the stage and do all that stuff. It's, you know, you don't get enough of it. I mean, I can remember trying to figure out what song Springsteen was going to play on his 13 minute, oh, you know, he was so good. how he was going to in Tampa, you know, he ran up there and started playing and then, you know, but I think it's great. You know, I think it's, 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 it's to me, it's what makes this why we should have a national holiday on Monday because it is such a great day and we all enjoy it and, it, and we should take the day off to celebrate a sport that really isn't anywhere else but in our country that we've kind of grown into this incredible, incredible, passionate uh, uh, item. I mean, uh, that we watch. Repeat. I mean, look at it. It's the top-rated show on every network. Oh, it's not even close. I thought Springsteen was stellar. As long as it's not Shania, we're good. And this year, Shania Twain won't be. A, it's a long story. We won't go there right now. But trust me, even yeah. Millie doesn't want to see Shania Twain show up. Nobody wants to see Shania. Nobody wants to see Shania. I, it's still, you know, I couldn't even. We were losing so bad at halftime. I'm trying to call Millie at the, in the seats, and I couldn't because you couldn't get any phone reception because all the towers were completely full. And I, my youngest one, Matthew, who's coaching at the Panthers, he's crying because we're getting we're getting beat. I mean, you don't realize the emotional effect it takes on your family when you go through some of these games yeah it's, it's wonderful it is it, we're looking forward to it and you and i are going to be here we're going to be here tomorrow and yeah, then we we're going to be here on sunday right after us it's brent and we Billy got michael Walters. simon tomorrow we're going to figure out what we're going to eat tomorrow i can't wait for michael simon to join us tomorrow we also have mike Martz tomorrow mike, uh, mike Martz. michael simon's a huge cleveland brown fan and i'll tell you what else michael simon is an incredible draft nick you talk about the nfl draft michael simon's going to scout all the players no kidding I'm looking forward yeah, to that. Yeah, he's going to scout the players. He's going to cook you the best meal you ever had. He's going to scout all the players. Okay, well, you – yeah, Bond just said, did Simon help you get your turkey, that bougie turkey you got for Thanksgiving? No, I, I didn't. I didn't. No, I didn't I didn't have to cash in that. You can tell Bond no on that. He, he didn't have to ask you. He could look right at me in the eye. He could ask me. He's not that far away from me. He's just chirping in my But he's ear. bailed on us. He won't – you know, he left us on the weekend. He's moved on up. He, he doesn't want our show. He's probably producing Stormy at the Buds and Beers tonight, too. I'm sure of that. <laughs> no, no, no. You listen. The VIP is waiting for you. Just get on the bird and no, get out here. I'm no. I'm not a VIP. I understand it. I get fully. I understand. See you good. tomorrow morning, Michael. Odds on's next. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season, and so are we. I'm Tori Deal, and I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars Four is finally here, and this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.